honor you this morning. It is in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, that, Lord, we come before you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. Again, it is good to be here this morning. The people used to say, that God has kept me from danger seen and unseen. And for that I say, Lord, thank you. This morning we want to talk about gift giving. There's a gift that God has given each and every one of us. There's not a born again believer that does not have a gift from the Lord. And it is up to you to determine what that gift is. There is a gift that every believer should have. Why? Because it's effective for ministry work. It's effective for what we need to do as the body of Christ. For we are in a season where we give gifts. As a matter of fact, this is perhaps one of the most giving times in all of the year. There's just something that happens to us around this time of the year, at least most of us. That we feel an obligation to give gifts. But we feel a greater obligation to receive them. And so I have a gift for you today. As a matter of fact, it's not me that's giving the gift, but it's God that is giving the gift. This gift is perhaps one of the most precious gifts that the body of Christ could ever receive. This gift is used, just like all the rest of the gifts, to edify the body of Christ. It is to make sure that the body of Christ is operating in the function in which God has designed the body of Christ to function. Because he is the head of the body, Jesus Christ. And whereas all of us have our diversities, we don't come from the same background, we're not from the same culture, subculture, should I say. We all have our different value systems. And that's okay. Because God knows how to bring all of that together and make it function as one body. And so I want to talk about this gift that God has given us for the edifying of the church, but also for the work of the ministry. What we're going to do this morning is that I'm going to take my text from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And beginning at our reading at verse number 27. When you say it, say amen. When you have it, say amen. 
1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse number 27, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversity of tongues. Paul asked the question, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. From this text, I would like to pin for a thought this morning, the gift of helps, the gift of helps. Help is not the most glamorous gift. And I know you're saying that, is that really the gift that you have for me this morning? Well, absolutely. Because helps is a necessary gift. I know that there are a lot of people who love to be in the spotlight. And there's a necessity for some people to be in the spotlight. I'm not saying that negatively. But all of us have our special gifts in which God has given us. And the Bible tells us that we are not to covet another man's gifts. And so we all need to begin to look deep down inside of us and to determine what gift do I have that the Lord has given me by the power of his Holy Spirit that I might be able to be a blessing to his body. Paul talks in this, 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 this chapter about it and how there's no gift that is greater than the other. The hand cannot claim that he does not need the feet or he does not need the eyes. The ears cannot claim that they don't need the mouth. We are all one body in Christ Jesus. And it is God that gives the gifts to all of his body. But understand that, that, that even though God gives the gift of apostles and prophets and teachers and workers of miracles, he also gives us the gift of help. What does Paul mean by this, the, the gift of help? Well, the gift of help, the word translated in the Greek actually means to relieve or to succor. It means to participate in or to support in some fashion. It means that, 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 that you are looking out whereas that you can be a blessing to someone or some ministry. There is enough ministry work around here for all of us. 
And in order for us to operate within the gifts in which God has given us under the power of his Holy Spirit, you need to show up. We, we, we need people who are going to give of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And it's, there's one thing that I've noticed about Macedonians that, 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 that we really have no problem with giving of our resources, of our money, of, our, of, of, of the talent in which God has given us. That's where we're lacking at. We're lacking in giving our time. And it's because we've become far too busy we got so many things that are going on that takes precedence over what God wants for us. We've been com- become drunk on our own ambitions and pursuing what we want. Instead of asking God, God, what is it that you want for me? Where, where is it that you want me to serve at? Did you not know that you you were saved to serve? Because many of us, many of us aspire to be great. But Jesus tells them that the greatest of you would be the one that will serve all. And you cannot become great in the kingdom of God unless you're willing to serve. And if you are a servant of the Most High God, then you must do it by this gift of helps. You must do it in faith, trusting and believing God that he's going to give you what you need to be that support. And what we really need to realize is that that, that it's not really all about us. We, we, we live in this season where we, 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 we give gifts. But what I want you to do in this season is I want you to receive the gift of help that God has given you and then go out and be a blessing to somebody else. Let me ask you this question. When is the last time you have personally helped anybody? Just think about that. When is the last time, personally, that you just said, hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to be a blessing to this individual. I'll wait. Because most of us have not been, if we be truthful with ourselves, we have not been a help. There are many things that we can do as believers that can bring glory to God's name simply by helping somebody. An old preacher I knew, Pastor Charlie Knight, his, his, his slogan was all, if I could just help somebody. And that should be the mentality of all of us. If I could just help somebody. Because that's what God has told us to do. That's what he's called us to do. There's an example of this, this help in the Gospel of Matthew in the 25th chapter. Jesus is giving his Olivet Discord. 
This is his last sermon prior to going to Calvary. He's about three days from Calvary. And he takes this occasion and this opportunity to educate the listeners of end time prophecy. He tells them exactly what the kingdom of God will look like. But then in the 31st verse, he utters these words to them. Let me read it in your hearing. He said, when the Son of Man come, shall come in his glory, and all of the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goat. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. This is a depiction of Jesus telling them that after the great tribulation, there will be a judgment. This is going to be one of three judgments that will take place in our time. You have the judgment seat of Christ where we'll be judged according to our works. You have the great white throne of judgment which will be the final judgment. But then here Jesus judges the nations here. This has taken place between the period of the great tribulation and his setting up of his millennial kingdom. These people that Jesus is, are talking, is talking about, fate has already been sealed. There is absolutely nothing they can do about it. They've had their opportunity to serve. And they failed. Because he goes on. After putting the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand, he begins to tell them, blessed are them of my father which are the sheep and inherit the kingdom which was prepared for you. Jesus Christ is the one that prepares the kingdom for us. He's the one that, that, that is building our mansions. And he's doing it according to how we are blessing to people down here. It's according to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because understand, brothers and sisters, that faith without works is dead faith. If you say that you love God, but you're not backing it up with how you live and how you treat other people, how you love people, then James says that it is a dead faith. Because Jesus began to declare to them the sheep that is on his right-hand side. He gives us six indicators of their changed lives. These are the ones that, that were saved throughout the great tribulation. 
And understand that if these people can do it during such great persecution, what is our excuse? Ain't nobody out there stopping you from feeding hungry folk. There's no one out there that's stopping you from, from going to visit the sick. There's not nobody out there that's, that's throwing you in prison for doing good. What was at stake with these people is that they had death to look forward to. But yet they persevered. Yet, yet they exemplified the faith to continue to help and to work for the gospel's sake. Look at, look, look at what Jesus said. He, said. he said, for when I was hungry, you gave me meat. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. These are six things that we need to be doing in the body of Christ. And I understand that, that, that you want to put everything on the missionary the society. Everything ain't for the missionary society. As a matter of fact, every last one of us should be a missionary. Every, every last one of us should be looking at how we can not just feed people physically, but also spiritually. Because this is really what it's talking about. It's giving them what's needed to nourish the body. But it's also giving them what they need to nourish their spirit. To make sure they're in a right spirit. But not only that, but we're also to give them drink, which will refresh them. Because every now and again, people need to be refreshed. Every now and again, you need to be refreshed. And the best way for us to refresh is to refresh one another. Because when you have the gift of help, folk don't have to ask you to help. You see, when you got the gift of help, you're sitting and looking for people that you can help, that you can be a blessing. I remember I, I, I was talking to a, 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 a lady who, uh, who uh, had just lost a loved one. And you know how we do. You know how we do, right? We say, you know, well, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. And she said, well, do you really mean that? And I said, well, absolutely. She called me on the carpet on this thing. And she told me like this. She said, you know what, Pastor, she said, I'm not one that can come and ask people for help. There are times that I just need you to just show up. And so I told her, I said, well, you know what? I will definitely do that. So even to this day, I am still calling her, checking up on her, and making sure everything is okay with her. You see, because that's what the gift of help does. It does not wait for folk to ask you or invite you to come and help out. You ought to be able to see a need and just step up to the plate and say, let me be a blessing to this person. 
But it seems that we want an invitation to help folk. And that invitation may never come. And what you've done is you lost an opportunity to be able to be a blessing where God wants you to be a blessing at. Give you the opportunity to shine for Jesus. Because understand this. Whether people will admit it, there's a ton of hurting people in this church and in this world. Again, there are people who are suffering in silence. They won't say a word to you. They come in here and they wear a smile on their face. But deep down inside, their hearts are bleeding. And it takes us being sensitive to God's Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will let you know. He will give you discernment when it comes to this type of thing, this type of ministry. But we got to be sensitive to it. We got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not just sensitive. When you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're always listening. You want to hear what he has to say. These people here were sensitive. They seen about those who were hungry, those who were thirsty. But they also had a spirit of hospitality. That's something we don't have much today. I'll help you out. I'll give you a few dollars. But I ain't bringing you in my house. I dare not bring you in my house because I, I, I know that the times in which we're living in, it may not be very well for me. This might not work out right. But there's a spirit of hospitality that we as the church should have. There's a spirit of hospitality that the church should have. There are, there are some people out there that God has put in your place that you need to invite to come on in. Come on in and hear this word. Because if you really want help, if you're a stranger in this land, God can, can, can give you an inheritance. He can make you his child. But we sit back, as James say, and we pray for them. We tell them to go ahead and be filled, be well. That's what we do. Instead of really attending to their needs, we don't do it. Listen here. James put it this way. He said, if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, my Lord, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith is by itself. And if it does not have works, it is dead. So is that what we're doing? I, I, I'll pray for you. I mean, you may pray right there with them as well. 
But, 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 but if you never really make that sacrifice, if you never really go down into your own pockets and be a blessing to somebody, they, 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 God has blessed you. There's some folk that you can help. And the reason why I know it, because God has blessed you with more than enough. As grandma said, most of us are crying with a loaf of bread under our arms. God has given us so much. We are living in the most blessed nation on the face of the earth when it comes to our finances. And even during the pandemic, God still kept us. And so therefore, we have a greater responsibility to be a blessing to people. It's this gift that God's given us. And he's given it to every believer. It's just that most believers don't exercise that gift. We want to exercise the gift of preaching and teaching. But what about the gift of rolling up your sleeves? Getting down in the muck and the mire and helping someone up, lifting someone up out of the muck and the mire. We spend a whole lot of time judging folk and not getting in there and helping them get out of their sinful conditions. It's a part of our job. We're not, we're not just flashlights beaming in on people's sins. No, we're to help them. That's his gift of helps. It got quiet there. Y'all know that and notice that. It got real quiet right there. That's where this gift of help comes in at. Don't you realize that there are folk going to hell every day and there may be something that you say or something that you may do that may prevent them from going to hell. So why are you sitting down when God said get up and help? We all need to sit at the feet of Jesus. But we all need to get up from the feet of Jesus and serve. Here, 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 here's, here's one of the biggest problems. Because most of us think that we're serving God by showing up here on Sunday. Because you sing in the choir, because you usher on the usher board, because you do deacon ministry, because you sit up in the pulpit and you preach a sermon, you feel like that's serving God. Did you not know that we come into this place to worship God? But we leave out of here to serve God by serving other people. That's where your real service is out, outside of these four walls. you really want to serve let me see how you react when you leave these four these four walls 
Let, 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 let me see what your life looks like outside of here. Because all of us come here with our Sunday morning Christian face on, right? Well, oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It looks good. But what comes off your lips when you leave out of here? What, what, what comes off your lips when you go to work on Monday? How, how are you really impacting the kingdom of God? How are you growing the kingdom of God? I know it's hard, but it's right. Because this is what we need to be doing. This is what pleases God. Because when you help, it is an act of faith. It's saying, God, I'm trusting you that you're leading me to do this, to be this blessing. And I don't know if, you, if, you, if you've ever really been a blessing to anybody. Man, let me tell you something. It feels so good to me to bless somebody else. When I know that I've helped somebody, when I know that I've been a blessing to somebody and their lives have been changed, it blesses me. And so when I help people, I don't do it for a thank you. I don't think, I don't do it for a pat on the back and say, you did a good job. Because as far as I'm concerned, if God knows that I've done the right work, I'm satisfied with that. Because I work for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't work for any man. I work for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is him that I am accountable to. But look at the, look, look, look in this text. Jesus gives this description of all that they had done. But look at their reaction. It said, then the righteous shall answer and say, Lord, when saw we thee a hunger and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? That's the right spirit to have when you're helping people, when you're being a blessing. These people didn't even recognize it. They seen it as their duty to do it. They had a sense of obligation to do this. This is my job. How, how, how can I receive any accolades or thanks behind this? Actually, this is what I really should be doing anyway. Or as Paul put it, it's my reasonable service unto God. I don't, I don't need a pat on the back. I don't, I don't need you to acknowledge me. Why? Because I'm doing it unto the glory of God. And look what Jesus says. He said that when you've done it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. And that's a great motivation for us. When you begin to help and bless other people, you're doing it unto God, unto Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I, that's what I live for is to please him.
My, 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 my problem is, is when I sit down on him. When I let him down. I'm ashamed. Because I realize that there's not enough that I could do for the Lord. And all that he's done for me. So when you have this spirit of helps, this spirit of help will cause you to go when you don't even want to go. Listen here, it will have you helping folk that don't deserve it. Why? Because God helped you when you didn't deserve it. He gave it to you even when you were ungrateful and did not even appreciate what he had done for you. But God still did it. He still blessed you. So I encourage you while you're giving your gifts this year and you're receiving your gifts this year, receive and give the gift of helps. Because this is what pleases God. And God bless these ones. These ones that, that, that Jesus is speaking of, he said, enter into his kingdom. But then on the flip side, there were the goats. How many goats we got in the house? Goats are stubborn. Goats are ones that, 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 that are always, always, always complaining. Goats really don't want to help nobody. And Jesus tells them the same thing. The only thing is he reverses it. He said, when I was hungry, you didn't give me nothing to eat. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. When I was a stranger, you didn't take me in. You didn't care nothing about me. When I was naked, you didn't give me anything to put on my back. I was sick. You didn't come to see about me. I was in prison and you forgot all about me. And these said the same thing. When did we see you in all of these type of conditions, Jesus, and did not do it? And again, he says, when you've done it to the least of them, you've done it unto me. So the next time that God places on your heart to be a blessing to somebody, and you ignore it, listen, listen to these words here. Because this is what God wants us to do. Listen, did you not know that if don't nobody else look out for the body of Christ, the body of Christ should look out for each other. We should be serving one another. We should be a blessing to one another. Because all of us are going to hit that rough road in life one time. I don't care whether it's finances, health, family and relationships problems, all of us are going to hit a rough patch. And you're going to pray to God that somebody will be there to help you through some stuff. But Jesus is that help. As a matter of fact, he's the one that gave us the first demonstration of help. 
One time he was at a, at a wedding. And all of the wine ran out. And Jesus stepped up to the plate and helped out by turning water into wine. On another occasion, Jesus was teaching. And the people had begun to gather about 5,000 on one occasion, 4,000 on another occasion. It was getting late in the evening. And the people were hungry. And it was Jesus that stepped up and helped out. Took two fish and five barley loaves of bread. Made 5,000 fish sandwiches. Jesus is that help. One time he was, he, he, he was away and his friend had died. He was dead, graveyard dead. His sisters was, was mourning and crying and said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus stepped up and helped and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out like a new man. Jesus is that help. But understand his greatest help came at Calvary. Hallelujah. It came at Calvary because he looked at me. He seen that I was lost in my sin and there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. But Jesus stepped up. He stepped up and he helped. He helped out by stretching out his hand, being nailed in his hands, nailed in his feet, crown of thorns on his head, pierced in the side. He died on Calvary's cross. Gave his life. He helped out. He helped my situation. And because he helped me in my situation, I'm compelled to help others. They took him off that cross. Put him in a tomb, a bald man tomb. Jesus had not stopped helping yet because on the third day he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. He gave us our best demonstration of what helping people looks like. Jesus spent all of his time here on earth helping people, blessing people, and then gave the ultimate sacrifice. Yes, he died on that cross, was buried and rose on the third day, but he's coming back again. He ascended unto his father. He's making intercession. He's praying for you right now. He's praying that you will be a, a help to people. That's what he wants us to do, to be a blessing to people. But he's coming back for his church without spot or without wrinkle. He's coming again. Will you be ready? Listen here, will he find you helping and working for him? That's what you really need to ask yourself. Will you be working in the vineyards? The laborers are few. The laborers are few. There's not many of us working in the vineyards. Harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Will you be helping? Will he find you helping? Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. The door to the church is open.